Welcome to the Lioness Queen Podcast Season 2. Your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha, founder, speaker, author, spiritual coach, and licensed minister, provides motivating messages that will help you work through the emotional trauma from rejection and embrace the new year, new level, and new you. Now let's jump into your daily dose of letting go of the past and living totally residue free. Here's your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha. Welcome back. Welcome back, my Lioness Queens. I am so excited about today's episode because we are highlighting another Lioness Queen this week. Woohoo! So I want to introduce to you Miss Shauna Lee, who is an author, a coach from the big state of Texas. She's a woman who overcame being what you would call a teen pregnancy statistic. She's overcome three divorces, being a single mom, putting her kids through college, losing two corporate jobs in, in one year. And, and dealing with all of those things, learning how to gracefully start over. And now is living the life of her dreams where she gets paid to write and help others. Her mission is to help women create a plan for true freedom that comes from falling in love with their life and attracting financial success. So welcome to the podcast, Ms. Shauna Lee. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited for us to hang out uh, today. Um, and so as we as we always do on the Linus Queen podcast, we love starting out and reflecting either on a poem or, or a quote. And mm-hmm. I'm going to have you, since you are my special guest, to reflect on a poem that I found. Um, And the name of the poem is called Starting Over. And the lady's name is Tasneem Karimji. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm so sorry if I didn't. And so the poem says, you have given me hope for a better tomorrow, like an angel guiding me out of my sorrow. My fears, I want to let go. But can my past I forgo? I ask you this as you have my heart. Will you always be there so we may never part? I don't have much to give, but I will give you my every day to live. I love life and what it has to give because through the depths of sorrow, I have learned to live. So what, what, what are your thoughts about this poem? To me, it sounds like it's a beautiful description of how I try to live every day of my life, which is being present in the moment, recognizing and giving myself credit for where I've come and what I have overcome. I think for a lot of us women, that's hard for us to give ourselves kudos in that regard. Um, but it's all about being of service and showing up in the moment as you, you know, true to who you are, authentic 
Um, I love it. It's quite beautiful. Yeah. When I, so when I, when I found it, um, I, I definitely, um, I, I believe it connects to your story. And so, you know, you have an amazing, amazing story. And I truly, I know you are my first, um, uh, lioness queen who has experienced, um, three, three divorces. Um, and so, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, there were similarities and I'm pretty sure that there were differences. Um, and I'm pretty sure, um, the combination of all three, um, definitely impacted you in so many ways. And so the, you know, when you've experienced divorce, there's a sea of emotions um, that are challenging to handle. And so talk about for me, because that, that's the piece where, uh, especially for women, we get so um, overwhelmed with the emotions that we feel. And so talk about those emotions and, and those emotional times that that you experienced as a whole. I'm pretty sure you have, you probably could go through each one, but as a whole, what, what was that like for you? Um, I, I think for me, the biggest um, emotional piece that I struggled with after the third one was kind of getting at what you're asking. And, and that was, I was carrying around a lot of shame and guilt around the fact that I had failed at marriage three times, quote unquote, failed at marriage three times. Um, It was embarrassing to like the nth degree to admit that here I was once again divorced when anyone who knows me personally knows my story and how I came to each of those experiences and why they each happened. Um, but for me, it felt like I was walking around with a scarlet A on my chest, like just, you know, in this case, it was a big D. And, and so it was just, it was this, um, guilt and shame that I was embarrassed to admit that I had been married and divorced three times, um, until I realized that those experiences gave me something to help others with. Um, and when I could find a way to use what I thought was the most terrible thing about me and use it for good, that was what propelled me to write my book and to start my coaching business, um, knowing that I, I had something to give back because of where I had come from. Mm, mm. So uh, there's a word that really stood out for me. Um, and the one word, um, there, there were multiple, but one, one word that you used was failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly believe, you know, when we walk down the aisle, not, I can't say everyone, cause some people, there are some people who, uh, who had the reservate reservations, mm-hmm. um, when they walk down the aisle or even before, sure. but you know, uh, generally we, we, we go in with our full heart. We, we love, you know, as women, we love hard, you know, yep. um, but that word failure, um, it definitely, I remember when I failed at a test I was trying to take and it was at when the second time I failed the test, I said, Oh, I feel like a failure. And my girlfriend said to me, she was like, well, failure is a noun. 
and <laughs> you just failed a test. And so really, she was an English teacher at that. Uh-huh. She said, well, really, you just failed the test. And separating myself from, right, what what I failed at, you know what I mean? It's, right. It, it, it definitely um, is challenging. So what what in that in that mindset of um, feeling as if you were a failure, what type of of I would say inside thoughts did you have um, that that were challenging um, and running rampant in your mind? Well, I think initially in the beginning, right? So I've I've been divorced now this last time for five years, uh, almost six years. So in the very beginning. Um, it really, um, it was just a lot of negative self self speak, um, that somehow it meant something bad about me as a person, or somehow my characteristics were flawed because I hadn't been able to succeed at marriage, which I'm glad you picked out that word failure, because for me, especially as of late, I've been working to redefine what failure is and what it is not. Um, and I don't at this point think I failed at marriage. Um, I think I successfully left situations that were not in my best interest. I think I, um, have successfully given my children example of a strong independent woman. Um, so there's a lot of good that came out of those situations, but to me, I think failure at this point is, making mistakes or learning from them. And then when we can get back up and continue, that's not a failure to me. Failure is when you've made a mistake, something doesn't go according to your plan and you give up. And that to me would be the ultimate failure. And the fact that I didn't give up on me or my children, or even the idea of love after being divorced three times, I think that in and of itself is the opposite of failure. Mm, opposite of failure. So, so after going through it for three times and you say you have children, how old are your children now? I have four children. Um, I have my bigs and my littles, as I call them. My older girls are 25 and 27. So they are living young adult lives out on their own after college. And then my littles who are still at home, um, my daughter just turned eight and my son is about to be 12. So I always say when women have multiple children, I say, God bless your ministry. That right there is ministry. I only have one. And so I I definitely would not know how to manage four. But God bless, God bless you and your ministry. So so having four children, um, and and I talk about this all the time because the children go through this experience as well. And so how did the children, how did the children process all of this? Um, you know, it's interesting because with my older girls, they went through all three of these marriages with me. And, um, I, I was still carrying around a lot of shame and guilt and had lots of, you know, heartfelt conversations filled with, you know, I'm sorry's and I wish I would have done better for you with my older girls over the years. And there's at one point I write in my book, actually, that my daughter, I had all this angst about what I had done to my children. And, and it is, it is terrible for everybody involved, but 
I was talking to my oldest at one point and said, you know, I'm so sorry. How, how did these divorces affect you? And she said, I don't know, mama. I think the worst thing that happened because you got divorced was I lost my retainer. Like in her mind, it just was, it was not as impactful to her as I had feared it might have been. Um, so that was really encouraging for me. But, um, you know, with my littles now, their father and I are very successfully co-parenting and we've created an environment that is very flexible and um, we do everything that we can in the best interest of our children. We live very close to each other. Our schedules are flexible, so they bounce back and forth pretty easily. Um, but even with what I think is the best situation, um, it's still hard for them to live in two different homes mm. and they're constantly, um, you know, pulled in two different directions. And my youngest daughter, she actually says it really well. She says that, you know, when I'm with you, I miss daddy. And when I'm with daddy, I miss you. And it's just, it's hard for them to be in two different places and not live with both of us under the same roof. Um, but I think that because I've experienced three different divorces and very different situations, I've, I learned a lot of what not to do and how to make it as smooth as possible for my littles now instead of what my my bigs had to go through. Wow. So that, I mean, that's really great that you guys can co-parent well. There's so many um, actually me and my ex, we, we co-parent, we did, we co-parented very well. My son's 19 now. Um, and sometimes he feels like we still need to co-parent and I'm like, no, he, he's grown and mm -hmm. you don't have to communicate with me. You could just communicate with your grown adult child. Right. Um, yes. but co-parenting successful co-parenting is so so important for their development. I know my son, um, I actually put him in therapy. We both actually went to therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, for my son, I literally, um, you know, I had to let him know that, you know, his dad did what he, what he knew to do. His, his, his father did the exact same thing to his mother. Um, and so he just, um, subconsciously did the same thing and so his dad mm -hmm. all his dad knows it's all he's seen his dad doesn't know any better so I always try to help my son process it from a perspective of this is all your dad we can't blame him you know did it hurt mommy yes um and, and my son you know he, he saw he saw a lot of that um but in the same regard I always wanted I always wanted my son to have a certain perspective of, look, this daddy did what he knew to do, you know. Um, but we co-parented very well, and and it's it's really key. But but children, um, I, I'm always curious, um, you know, even for my son, because I told him, I'm just curious how you're going to do in relationships. Um, mm -hmm. Because subconsciously, like I said, his dad did the exact same thing. And actually his mother, my former mother-in-law, was really mad at her son because she's like, you just did the same thing your father did to me. Why would you do that? And so for my son, I'm like, hey, you didn't have an example. So what you going to do? You know, mm -hmm. what, exactly. what type of husband are you going to be? And so... um, 
you know, kids, kids, you know, they, they, they all process it different. They all take it in different, but you know, sometimes even like, um, how you have that cycle of abuse, sometimes even with divorce, our children, um, either become like mom or dad in a certain regard. And, um, and it's like, man, uh, I, I want my, my son and, you know, I want children to have healthy relationships, but in the same regard, you know, they got to go through things like we had to go through things, you know? So yeah. what, um, what, what, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. What, what did you have in your mind as far as what a marriage should look like? before before number one um well so I got married for the first time at age 19 so I was quite young um with no life experience to speak of um and I had a very um I did not have a great example of marriage so I knew that I was um in, in a lot of the same ways that I was learning to parent my daughter I had her at 18 Um, I got pregnant as a high school senior um, and had her in the fall after I graduated from high school. Um, And I was learning how to parent her differently than I had the example. Um, So in a lot of ways, I was doing the same thing with that marriage. I was learning how to, or at least trying to learn how to be in a marriage that I wanted to look very different than the example my parents had set for me. So they had been married for 21 years before they got a divorce. And it was, um, a very tumultuous, um, uh, I'm trying to find friendly words to describe their marriage. It was Mm. terrible. Um, and so I saw a lot of the examples of what I didn't want to emulate. And so, um, I think in some ways that set me up for failure um, in terms of like trying to reach this ideal, this ideal of perfection or whatever that doesn't actually exist. Um, But it also gave me some really specific things that I knew I did not want to do. So um, I was, I've, I feel like I've been a forever student. So I'm always learning and, and trying to teach myself new approaches. And so, um, for me, I was just aspiring to a happy marriage and, um, made all sorts of mistakes along the way. And I was such a child trying to navigate a a marriage and young children. We got married, I was 19. And then, you know, two years later, my second daughter was born. So we very, we were just very young and, um, I think I was trying to reach an ideal for marriage that doesn't exist. And I didn't even know what that would look like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 19 is uh, so, so getting married at 19 Mm -hmm. and then, and as I would say in our twenties, we're really trying to, figure out who we are, what we want to do with our life, who we want to become. Absolutely. Um, and definitely being in a marriage, uh, especially young, but even sometimes it, it, age, even with age, it doesn't really matter, but we lose ourselves as women um, because we, co- I would say we conform a lot 
Oh, for sure. To what um, they need more so than vice versa, right? And so, yeah. how was that? Pro- how was that for you? Because I, I feel like because you you've gone through this three times, mm-hmm. you know, um, your identity um, was lost in a certain regard because you, you know what I mean? You, for a span of time, you had to fill, I would say this shoe um, that, that, that you had to fill. Right. Um, And in that, and especially because you started, especially because you started having children young too, because I think that's, that, that also played, that's another layer, right. To it. Yeah. Um, but talk about that, that piece of your identity, um, because I just think what we as women, we lose that and, 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 and we just don't realize how important that is for, you know, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, that is, that is the second chapter in my book is it's titled find yourself, um, because, I think we as women, we're so nurturing and and it is our nature to care for others, our husband, our children, um, that yeah, most women do lose themselves in the relationship of marriage. And and then secondarily, you know, we become moms and further lose who we once were because we're so consumed with, you know, keeping these little babies alive and fed and healthy and... um, that yes, I, I experienced that myself all three times, but in different ways because I was in very different stages of my life. So I, I would say that because I was young and um, I believe I was 26 when I got divorced um, the first time. So mid 20s, I you know had taken the extended path through college because I was having babies and going to college and, and doing all of this crazy stuff all at the same time. Um, but I really was entering into my career, um, at that pay, at that point and really discovering who I wanted to be. And I was vastly different than I had been when we got married. Um, and I think that was probably part of he and I growing apart is just because we were in, in such an interesting stage in our lives where we're doing all this self-discovery and, and we, you know, discovered ourselves wanting to go in very different paths. So, um, Um, there was an element of losing myself in that relationship, but I think, you know, I I do my best not to have regrets or carry regrets with me. But, um, one of the things I wish I could have chosen differently was not to rush into the second marriage. Um, I very much hit fast forward and found myself married again very quickly. Um, and because I didn't have the time to do some self-reflection and discover who I was, um, you know, it just, it set me up for repeating that pattern. Um, I've, I've heard it said that a lesson we don't learn will walk mm-hmm. in a new set of pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so very much, I, I had some similar patterns that were playing out in marriage number two, because I hadn't done that, you know, identifying who I am and who I really want to be. Um, you know, it's complicated and it is layered, like you said, because we're trying to parent at the same time. And, um, so that's one of the things that I do in my coaching business often is coach women towards being their authentic, true selves and knowing who that is, 
you know, first we have to know who it is and then we need to be able to stick to our boundaries to protect that. Yeah, I, that right there, I think so many women, I, you know, my heart goes out to a lot of women who are stuck in a, in a relationship, in a marriage. And what I like to say is they don't know the worth of their crown. One, oh, because their, their, their husband isn't treating them that way. But two, because of, like you say, they lose, um, that they, they, they don't know who they are mm-hmm. and they don't know how to find it and figure it out. Um, and like I said, it doesn't help that it doesn't help that their husband doesn't treat them in that in that manner. But you mentioned something that I think is so interesting because I truly believe as we get older, we change. And, oh, sure. and as we get older, that identity changes, your goals change, who you want to be changes, who you want to evolve into. So many things change and that we sometimes um, are not on the same path, you know. Um, and And unfortunately, many women stay stuck because they're afraid to make that decision to not be with right um and and some of it is financial which i get you know so you know a lot of women you know they do it because of financial reasons but you know oftentimes you know you, you grow apart and it's because of our identity changes and the things that we want in life changes and um it's so interesting that that's that's your um chapter too because it's just so important yeah. Women, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of the work I do is really helping women to create a plan for what they they want their life to look like. Um so but part of that is you have to know what you want it to look like. <laughs> and you have to know who you are and what's important to you and I think that self-reflection is important. Um but just being able to figure it out is one of the challenges I see a lot of women struggle with right after divorce is I don't even remember what I used to like to do much less know what I like to do now. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've asked a woman, well, what do you like to do for fun? And every one of her answers is something relating to her children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So it's funny. So you say children, but you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, the one movie that I think about is with Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> she literally didn't know what type of egg she liked. Yeah. And sadly to say, there are women out in the world just like that. Yeah. They don't know because they have always been in relationships. And that's a we could talk about that for another hour where there's a fear of being alone and you stay stuck in a relationship that's unhealthy um, just because, right? Because you have that fear of being alone, but you don't know what you like or you love because you've never given yourself time Mm -hmm. to really get to know who you are. So talk about how, how did you, cause to, you know, I mean the, 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 each divorce was different. Each experience was different. 
you had to process, you know, you had to process each different. And so how was, what did you do to help heal from all of that? Because that to me, it, it, it just seems as if there's a lot of different weights and a lot of different residue. Um, that's the word that I love to use because I, I truly believe residue um, when not dealt with, um, it just builds up and adds to the next. So how did you heal from all of this? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's it's layered, right? So you peel back one layer and, and heal one aspect of a hurt or a wound, and then you uncover another one that you didn't even realize was, was there. Um, I would say that if, if I'm being completely honest and transparent, I did not do any of that work after the first one. Um, I jumped right into masking any hurt and pain with falling in love with a new man all over again. Um, and didn't address the issues. So then there were a lot of old patterns that repeated, and then there was new traumas that happened from the second marriage. Um, and then, you know, after the second divorce, I was convinced I would never get married again. I'm not cut out for marriage was the story I told myself. Um, and then very quickly met this man who became my third husband. Um, And I was in such denial through the early dating days that I didn't introduce him to my children. Um, We just would play and have a good time when I didn't have my children. And then I was in mom mode and they were very separate for a long time. Um, And then I think just gradually, uh, you know, my heart softened a little bit to that, but I, I didn't really do the work of healing until after my third divorce. And I think that was part of the reason why I've stayed single as long as I had. Um, Part of it was that same story. I'm not cut out for marriage and um, all that nonsense that I was telling myself. But part of it really was just learning how to be independent and living on my own. And while I had done it previously, I knew I was capable. I knew I could care for my children. Um, I also knew how hard it is to do it on my own. But I actually spent the time to, one very specific thing that I did was um, to quit masking the pain. And uh, one of the things I would do when I was trying to avoid that healing work was to keep myself very busy when my kids were with their dad. I would, you know, this third time around, I, I like to refer to Ross Geller in Friends, like I was totally Ross, refusing to get a third divorce, did not want the third divorce. I would have stayed miserable just to avoid it. Um, And so when I found myself, okay, here I am divorced again, um, instead of keeping very, very busy to, because I I didn't want my children to be gone. I, I remember telling my friends, I did not have these children to not be the one raising them. Um, So my time by myself when they were with their dad was very difficult for me. And so, um, one of the things I used to do early on was keep myself very busy and do all the things that I couldn't do when my kids were here, when I was single mama duty, that I would, you know, make all the hair appointments and the nail appointments and the happy hour plans with my girlfriends. And I would just go, 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 go. Um, and so I probably did that for, you know, six months to a year. And, and I finally stopped doing that. Um, 
and spent time with myself and I spent time journaling and I spent time learning how to meditate, um, Mm-hmm. And really doing some self-discovery, but also self-reflection and owning up to my parts in each of those marriages. Um, and just, you know, having some quiet moments to have those hard conversations in the mirror. Um, and that was probably the most important step in the process for me was just learning how to be okay by myself and enjoy my own company, which was a crazy concept. Um, and there are, I find myself, there are times now where I will not have realized I was just sitting in silence for 10, 15 minutes, like didn't even realize that I'm sitting in the living room, no TVs on, and I'm just sitting there with myself. Um, and I think that was a really important step for me. Wow. Wow. So I I love what you say. You said, I had to quit masking the pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that that right there is really powerful because we can mask it we can keep ourselves busy enough where we don't deal with it so for me um you know I always you know a lot a lot of people uh especially religious people will say oh well all you gotta do is pray about it well you can but in the same regard you gotta do the work like work has to be done, you know, uh, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't go away without, like you said, doing that self-reflecting, right. Without yep. you doing some other things, um, to help you process what happened, doing some things, like you said, facing the woman in the mirror, who is, who is Shauna? Right. And, 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 it's so important for us as women to do that because that is all about growth, you know? Um, and oftentimes some, you know, oftentimes growth is not comfortable. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Because yeah. in the mirror, you have this moment where you have to fess up to do I like who I'm looking at or not. And there were certainly um, things about myself that I did not like what I was seeing. And that gave me the opportunity to grow and evolve and change those things. But change is not easy. Um, but, you know, you can't even begin to do the work of changing and growing and healing until you recognize what's there. Correct. Just like if, if, if we had an addiction, right, we have to admit I got to admit it. I can't, as you say, mask it. Right. right. I got to admit even my, even my flaws. Right. So like, even for myself, my ex-husband, we were together for 24 years. Um, we dated nine, married and then married the rest. And, um, and he literally said to me, uh, I never wanted to be married, you know? Oh, wow. Um, which was devastating, but in the same regard, it's so interesting though, because there were certain things that he said, cause he talked about how unhappy he was. And I was like, unhappy. I got, let me give you my laundry list. <laughs> but there were some things that he said to me, um, that came back of things that I said to him in a way that I just was trying to manipulate him in a way in order to do what I wanted him to do, but they came right. up, right? Um, and so, although he made the comment of, Hey, I never really wanted to do it. You know, just some things came back up for me. 
that I had to look myself in the mirror. I had to admit that I did. Um, Mm -hmm. And I truly believe, I truly believe that he, I probably did manipulate some things in, in a certain way. Where I mean, after nine years, you would just think that, he, yeah, you're not going to marry me, dude. But you know, I, there, I that should have been a sign. But it just, you know, I I take it all as, um, you know, it, it, the purpose was for so my son could be born. You know, yeah. um, oh, in, in 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 addition, you know, God God had to say to me, well, it wasn't all bad. So I need you to pull out the good parts from it, learn from it. And move forward, you know, but I did have to face, I did have to face some things that I said and some things that I did, you know, and so. And I find a lot of women uh, after divorce get stuck in the, um, they get stuck in the blame game where they're constantly focused on what he did wrong. They're not taking time to acknowledge how they contributed to the situation. But also, I think even more important than that is they forget to focus on the good that came out of that relationship yeah. and all of the yeah. great memories and all of the, um, you know, wonderful things learned experience, like all of the the goodness that can come from those relationships. I think we get a lot of times as divorced women, we get stuck in the negative stories and we don't give ourselves a chance to remember that it wasn't always terrible. And that it was actually there was some good too. No, no, I, 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 I that was the one thing that was a process that I did have to go through. But I, I you know, you can't again. Like I said, I connected to residue because I can't, I can't move forward if I don't get this residue together because it yeah. just builds up and then goes into the next one and the next one. And that's what you shared. You didn't do the work in between. Correct. Right. Until until that last one. And as a result, it just built up. It's just something that naturally happens when we just don't do the work. And so I and so you talked about you had to quit masking the pain. You had to do the work. You did journaling. You did meditation. You spent time with you. You spent time learning who you you know, who you were in that moment, who you wanted to be. You face the woman in the mirror. And so now we fast forward. You've been um, single. You said, well, you've been divorced now for six years and you're in a totally different space. And so being in this space right now, you have, there's some hindsight, right? There's some, there's, you're looking back in that rear view mirror, and you are different. And so talk about, talk about this jump that you've made, because you've made a jump into the woman, into the queen that you are right now. So talk about that. Yeah, for me, it was um, a very conscious and intentional effort to become the partner I had not been. I knew that eventually, it, it, it honestly, it took me many years to get to the point where I could even say, okay, yes, I would like to be in a relationship again one day. You know, it took me a long time just to get to there. Um, And I am dating someone now and um, it's giving me lots of opportunities to um, kind of put my money where my mouth is in some ways and, and prove that I, I 
prove to myself that I am in fact a better partner than I had been previously. Um, so I think it just, um, all of the hindsight, all of the self-reflection gave me an opportunity to, um, recognize those things about me myself that I didn't love. I historically had been extremely impatient. Um, and I, I think what's interesting about this new relationship is that it's giving me a chance to uncover things I hadn't even focused on or, um, like historically, as an example, I had not been a very jealous person, but, um, there were some moments in early on in this new relationship where kind of jealousy feelings were stirring and it was a new emotion for me. And so I think for me, one of my big lessons learned, um, because along with masking the pain, I, I was really, really great at not feeling emotions. My therapist told me, um, that I was, I was very good at describing and naming and labeling the emotion that I should be feeling in any one situation. She said, you're very self-aware and, and you know, almost like a textbook, what the emotion should be, but I don't know that you're actually feeling the emotions. And so that's one of the things that I've been able to do most recently is, is move through those emotions and allow them to come up to the surface and feel what, whatever it is in the moment and recognize that then I can release it so much faster and easier. And, um, and usually whatever the trigger was, is just some unhealed hurt or wound from my past. It was another layer that gets to get uncovered and I get to shine light on it and, um, decide that I don't, I am in fact a different person and I can handle things much better now than I had ever before. Wow. So I'm excited that you are dating. I'm oh. very <laughs> So, you know, sometimes women are, are um, I would say, marked in a way where, you know, they don't believe in it, you know, again, they, they don't try again, they don't trust yes. again, yes. Um, they don't open themselves up to be vulnerable again. And so I and applaud I you for that. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, um, it it has definitely stirred up new fears to allow myself to feel vulnerable again. But that's where like, uh, that's the, where the good stuff is, right? The beautiful part of life is when we open ourselves up to actually experience how great things can be. Um, and I was very intentional about who I was attracting into my life and what I wanted in a partner. And, um, and hopefully that will be one of my next courses is teaching other women how to do the same. Wow. Wow. So you, whoo, so you, you got a lot of things going on in your life and yes. I know you just, you just released, is this your first, is this your first This book? is not the first book I've written, but it's my first published book. All right. So you just released your first published book. So tell us about your first, what, what is it called? And tell us about it. Yes. So it's called, So You're Divorced, So What? And I, I have told people that it's the prettiest divorce book you'll ever read because it really is quite beautiful. Um, we intentionally put photos and images. Um, I wanted it to be a feel good um, guide to getting back up on the horse again, um, in whatever regard that was, right? So it, it really is a guide to 
living your best life despite the fact that you're divorced and letting that just be a part of your story and not um, anything more than that. So I'm very proud of this book. I think it will guide women into figuring out who they are and what they want for their lives and knowing what to do with that. And where can, where can people find your book? Um, so I have worked with a uh, hybrid publisher. And so the easiest way to find my book, it's on Amazon, but um, we sell through Weva is my publisher, but anybody can go to my website, which is shaunalee.com. And Shauna is spelled different than you might think it's with a U and two N's, but shaunalee.com is the place to go to find all the things that I I'm working on books and online courses and coaching packages. Um, all of those things can be found there. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I I can't believe our time is gone, but I definitely want to send a big thank you to you, Shauna, for coming and sharing your story with, with my audience. You know, there are many of us and there are many women out there who have who have experienced the same thing you have and have not moved and transitioned um, into where you are today, you know? Um, And so I'm so appreciative just for you coming and sharing your testimony, which I truly believe it's a testament of your struggle, which is real. But on the flip side, it's a testament of just your hope, you're believing in yourself and your purpose. And so I always love to uh, woe my listeners and woe stands for words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted you to share any final words of encouragement you wanted to leave with other lioness queens today. Well, thank you for all of those kind words you said. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with your, your audience. Um, one of the things that I have learned is that it helps to see examples of other people who have done what we want to do. And so when I recognized that I did not have an example in front of me of someone who had been divorced three times, um, and, you know, overcome those, those situations and, and came out the other side, not only surviving the experience, but truly thriving in my life, um, I recognize that there was some value in my sharing my story um, because for some women, just going through a single divorce is enough to be debilitating. And so if I can be that example to say, yes, you can do it. You can make it through this situation. Um, no matter how bleak it looks, I, I hope that I can be that. Um, but I guess my parting words would be to anybody listening, you got this. That's my key phrase that I've stolen from someone else and use it often. And it really just is the most empowering thing that I can think to say to anybody, regardless of what your situation is, you can get through it and you can be better for it. You got this. I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So at the end of every podcast, I always love to do an affirmation. Um, and I would love for you to... Um, do it with me. So oftentimes I'm doing it by myself, but it's nice to have somebody who can do it with me. Yeah. So um, I'll uh, I'll start and then you just repeat. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. So I am a lioness queen. I am a lioness queen. God wants me to rise up. God wants me to rise up. He wants me to take my rightful place. 
He wants me to take my rightful place as the queen I am. As the queen I am. He wants me to be residue free. He wants me to be residue free. Intentional in my fight. Intentional in my fight. Stand on what I believe. Stand on what I believe. And realize I am a masterpiece. And realize I am a masterpiece. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am enough. I am enough. I am a lioness queen with a purpose. I am a lioness queen with a purpose. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really, I have enjoyed our conversation. Immensely enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Lioness Queen podcast. Please subscribe and write a review. You can find me on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even iHeartRadio. I would love to hear how this message empowered you. Come back next Tuesday at 3 p.m. for more from your Lioness Queen.